our third day of football in four days. It's a beautiful thing. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night football. Before you know it, you'll get smacked with a full slate of games on Sunday. Cannot wait for that, of course. But before we get there, we got to settle this little battle tonight, this little showdown slate, as DraftKings likes to call it, between the Rams and New England Patriots with a lot of Dollaruskis. Million dollars plus in prizes up for lines, let alone just a first place in million Dollaruskis tonight. We're going to be breaking it down. And this is <laughs> held up, first of all. If this is your first time finding me, how y'all doing out there? It's a perfect time to find me. We just got the fresh fade yesterday. Don't worry, this is not the Christmas fade. We'll be going home the day before to get that Christmas fade. This is just to stay fresh in the streets right here on YouTube. You know, keep the best haircut game alive in the YouTube streets these days. I don't care if it's in the fantasy industry or anywhere. So very happy for you to get yourself this type of appearance on your first look at me. But here what we do is go player by player. I have projections. Yes, I do my own proprietary projections. I have rankings. I have ownership projections, not just for this slate, but a bunch of slates. But if you want to follow along for this slate, just go in the link down below. You're on your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever it might be, and just click the Patreon link. And then you can follow along over there. I'll be referencing those projections and also a lot of the analysis and notes that you can see on the screen for this game. We'll go player by player here. We like to dive very deep and do it in a nice digestible amount of time, 20 to 30 minutes. We're going to go player by player. And I'm going to let you know early on if I have interest, no interest based on their projection or analysis or some interest, right? And this late's an interesting one because there's some egregiously priced players, both overpriced and well, 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 well too underpriced that surprised me in a major way. And then later tonight at around 5.30 p.m. East Coast time, we'll go live for an hour answering your questions. I'll make my 150 lineup so I'll have a better idea of exactly where I'm going and we can discuss more then. But before we do all that, hopefully you're having a fantastic start to your day, ladies and gentlemen, the fellas, the fellas, the fellas. Uh, hit that like and subscribe, do all that stuff. If you're somebody who's been here for a while and you've been asking about the t-shirts, we'll talk about them in the live stream. I have a bunch of t-shirts and hoodies now down below. The merch store has been fully updated just in time for the holiday season. I just bought myself a couple of things personally myself. I think you're going to like the designs a lot. A lot of stuff that we say, all the fellas in there, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, a lot of stuff is in there. The Dollaruski shirts, check them all out down below if you want to check them out in the store. And this video is sponsored by none other than the person and the people that have been sponsoring all of our showdown videos so far this year. And that is going to be Superdraft. So Superdraft is a multiplier format. So for example, tonight you're going to be having Jared Goff with a 1x multiplier. So if Jared Goff goes out there and scores 19 fantasy points times that by one he gets 19 fantasy points but for example if you want to look at somebody like james white who has a 2x multiplier if james white goes out there and scores 10 fantasy points that's obviously less than the 19 that jared goff scores but that 2x actually multiply it by two gives him 20 fantasy points so his measly performance actually outscores jared goff so there's a whole strategy to this i do have super jack projections that you can follow along with down below on patreon that is the whole gist of the game a lot of people are winning over there in super draft yet again i got a dm over on instagram this time it's random spots all the time somebody winning 3500 we saw in the discord yet again some people taking down top 10 prizes people have taken down first place prizes almost weekly in the discord at this point uh the community is absolutely excelling another person winning five plus figures this past sunday that's the second person that we've had in the past month and a half win at least ten thousand dollars and somebody's won thirty five thousand. so there's a lot over there for a lot of just benefits right because there's not as many professionals there's not as many people taking it seriously super draft if you take that as your most serious spot i know DraftKings has big prize pools but you will definitely ensure some profits and you will definitely turn a profit long term once you figure out the nuances to the game and you actually have some projections to work off. So check out Superdraft. If you use my name, it's on the screen right now, Sal, you'll get a free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. I saw like 50 something of you signed up on the last showdown slate. So if you guys are interested in it, just reach out in the comments down below. A lot of people will be able to help you. I'll be able to help you, but my name will get you that deposit bonus. Now let's start this bad boy off. Let's get into it. All the plugs out the way with Mr. Jared Goff, who has a positive 13% pass blocking advantage against the Patriots who don't have the greatest of pass rush, right? They lost a lot of guys who sat out due to COVID this year, lost a lot of guys in, in free agency. So their pass rush ranks 
ranks 20th in their coverage due to some injuries in just the game. When the pass rush gets worse, well, then so is your secondary ranks 16th. Now, Goff has been pretty good this year, and he's getting a lot more volume as the season has gone on. Earlier on in the year, the first month to five weeks, he was only throwing like 30 to 32 times a game. Now he's top eight in the NFL with 38 attempts per game. He has a number four protection rate, and this is going to probably drop now with no Whitworth for the rest of the year, but still has been nice to see that his offensive line much more improved this year, and they're running the ball a lot more because they're using a ton of running backs and being efficient in that, number five in play action passing, and still not as great under pressure. He crumbles a little bit, number 18 under pressure this year. Jared Goff is the most expensive player on the slate at $11,000, and Jared Goff is currently my highest projected player. On these types of slates, if you're going to be playing more than one lineup, it's really difficult to not keep these quarterbacks in play just because of the pure floor and upside that they have. Like, you're not going to ski probably 40-point games out of these types of quarterbacks. Cam has the rushing upside, but nowhere near the passing ability and weapons. You're probably going to see ceilings around 30 points in these games, with median projections somewhere around the 20-point range. And the upside for them is that their floor is still like somewhere around 12 to 14 points more times than not when a lot of players in this slate's median projections are going to be in that range. So Jared Goff, he's not all that expensive. He's getting enough volume for me and he has a 25 implied team total that I'm going to go to Jared Goff as a yes. If you're playing one lineup, I don't think you actually have to get to Jared Goff. I would probably recommend getting to one of these quarterbacks. The mobile quarterback in Cam Newton for a little bit less money probably makes more sense there. But if you're playing, let's just say five to 10 lineups or 150 maxing some of the 25 cent stakes or any of the stakes, yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting a good amount of the quarterbacks. It's hard not to just based on their median projection right now on Patreon. If you're following along, again, you can check it out down below patreon.com backslash Sal underscore veteran underscore Jared Goff, like I said, is my highest projected player at 17.8 DraftKings points. Next up, we get to Mr. Cam Newton, who's going to have the complete opposite of Jared Goff in terms of protection. Jared Goff, number four overall protection rate, and you're going to have Cam Newton, number 31 overall protection rate so far this season. Luckily, he's mobile, but he has a minus 29% pass blocking advantage now because he's getting a very daunting LA defense that he has to go up against. Number four overall pass rush, number three coverage. This is a brutal spot for Cam Newton. The upside, I mean, look, there's not much in the passing game. 26 attempts, right? He's only averaging 187 yards per game this year. He only has like four passing touchdowns. I believe that there's been more. I think it was listening on the Fantasy Footballers uh, a podcast the other day for their thousandth episode. Shout out to Fantasy Footballers. Really awesome to see what they've done, really paved the way as trailblazers in this industry starting out similar to Joe Rogan like 10 years ago and just really paving away and creating attention on a platform for a specific industry. So shout out to all the Fantasy Footballers. I'm sure none of them are watching this, but I'm sure a lot of people who also tune into them are watching this. So shout out to them. There was a stat where like three or four slot wide receivers. I know that Jarvis Landry's done it, Julian Edelman. I think Keelan Cole might have done it this year, have thrown touchdown passes. That's been more than Cam Newton. And I think it was actually true. So Cam Newton's not throwing touchdowns, but he's rushing for a hell of a lot of touchdowns at this point. He's also third in the NFL behind Lamar and Kyler Murray and quarterback rushing yards per game at this point, but 40. So Cam Newton is going to remain in play just because of the upside that he has on the ground. I mean, this guy is currently averaging right now on the ground about 10 fantasy points per game alone. So even if you're going to have a subpar day in the passing game, you're still going to get your fantasy totals more times than not right around his season average of 19. So Cam Newton is also a yes. If you're playing one lineup, I would prefer Cam Newton. Even with the lower implied total of just 19 and a half points, I'll prefer his rushing upside on a showdown slate since you're getting the price discount. Now you get into a range where these are two good secondaries. Yes, the Patriots secondary in the season has not looked all that good so far this year because, well, Stefan Gilmore missed like a month and they had a bye week and some COVID issues as well with Stefan Gilmore. So it's obviously going to drop it. JC Jackson has been good. McCordy has still been fine. Obviously, Stefan Gilmore, not as good as last year, but he's still been fine, hampered by some injuries. And then the Rams have arguably one of the top two, top three secondaries, if not the best secondary in the NFL this year because Ramsey is back to his old form and he's been fantastic. So you're going to have Cooper Cup in this one. He's probably going to face Jonathan Jones in the slot. Jonathan Jones taking on the slot priorities as JC Jackson has moved more so to the outside this year for the Patriots has been good. Now Cooper Cup, according to Pro Football Focus, will have a positive 18% matchup against Mr. Jonathan Jones in the slot and he's seen an 8.8 targets per game on a 25% target share. 
54% of cup snaps have been out of the slot. And let me tell you something. These uh, Rams wide receivers, yak monsters. They're yakking it up everywhere. Number one yak man in the entire NFL right now is Mr. Cooper Cup. He's seeing five plus targets in every single game and has 10 plus fantasy points in five out of his last six games. You obviously want more than 10, but it's just showing you that he has a pretty stable floor. Cooper Cup for me is going to be a yes. Look, he's expensive and I much prefer Cam Newton to Cooper Cup just based on the floor and median upside. But I do think Cooper Cup's ceiling and wide receivers in general have much higher ceilings than these quarterbacks, even if Cam has some mobile upside. Cooper Cup hits 30 points in my model more so than Cam Newton. Next up is Robert Woods. And I, and I mentioned, I mentioned the monsters that you're getting right now out for the Rams. I mean, this is what's helping Jared Goff to get to 280 yards per game, right? His attempts are going up, but it's not that he's being mega efficient. Like his yards per attempt is not anything elite at this point. It's very similar to Cam Newton's right around the low sevens. But when Cooper Cup's this number one yards after the catch monster, very underrated wide receiver, and then Robert Wood in the NFL, Robert Woods, sorry, Bobby Trees, is number two in yards after the catch. I mean, you have the top two yards after the catch guys, right? This is kind of like the Steelers where Deontay Johnson and right now Chase Claypool are both like top 15 in yards after the catch. That's obviously going to make uh, MVP, a uh, quote unquote MVP, how Steelers fans, only Steelers fans uh, think Big Ben's an MVP candidate. Meanwhile, he's definitely not even probably, he's borderline, maybe he's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL at this point, but he's like right around that borderline. So it'd be a first for a, a, a bottom half of the league quarterback to be the MVP, but that's a hearsay. That's nonetheless. Uh, Robert Woods right now, he's going to have a neutral matchup against Stefan Gilmore, but Woods will move around the field enough to kind of get away from that, but he'll still go up against him. Gilmore allowing one point oh four yards per cover out. You're getting a good target share, still eight targets per game. Bobby Trees has scored on the ground a couple times this year. He's having again an underrated and very quiet season for Robert Woods as he's right up there again as a top 20, top 15 wide receiver this season. He has now seen 11 plus targets in three straight games and has at least five receptions in each of his last five games. Robert Woods at $9,200. I actually prefer Robert Woods to Cooper Cup in this one. They're very close, but if you're going to get that price discount, I'll take it, especially if it means like on a showdown slate, you want to try and leave money on the table more times than not, especially if you're spending all of your money. If you're spending all your money with Cooper Cup, I would just leave 400 bucks on the table and go to Robert Woods. In my projections, I actually have Robert Woods projected out higher, slightly, slightly, it's very close than Cooper Cup at this point. Also, if you're still watching right now, let me know in the comments what you think about this little Christmas sweater we got going on. Got it last Christmas for my girlfriend. I'm hoping to get another one as well. These things are, are very nice and very comfortable. I wake up sometimes cold and you know, this, this got me in the Christmas mood, got me feeling nice with a haircut. Let me know what you think about that. Now we get to a range of running backs that the running backs in this slate are, uh, I mean, egregiously overpriced is, is, is an understatement, right? You have Damian Harris, who's 8,800 and he might be the most fairly priced of all these guys, right? Positive 38% run blocking advantage. The Rams, their worst part of their defense, which is still fine, like borderline top 10, but their worst part, if we had to pick apart, is the run defense that ranks 11th so far this year. You're getting Damian Harris seeing at least 14 or more attempts in five out of his last six games. That's fantastic. The problem is he doesn't see anything in the passing game. In week 13, he saw 17 touches for 95 yards. They ended up starting to blow out the Chargers, and then they actually let Sony Michelle get his first work of the season. So Damian Harris kind of took a seat in some of that fourth quarter usage. But he has no passing game work on just 26 total routes run in his last six games. How does that relate? Well, guys like David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, have ran like 30 routes last week alone. So he's going to get no passing game work. He basically needs to rely on touchdowns at $8,800. You will be insured that he will be lower owned. Like people are always going to be choosing Robert Woods in cup over him and guys below him like Cam Akers, who's coming off of a big performance at a cheaper price point are probably going to pick up more ownership. But right now, early on, if I'm trying to cater this for one, even if I'm catering it for like 150 line of people, I'm probably not going to get to that much Damian Harris. But what I will say is that I do like him as a sleeper option because if Damian Harris in this matchup, again, he's an underdog. So it's really tough. He doesn't have pass game upside. It's screaming out. This might be a James White game. Finally, as we've been trying to see all year, and we've only gotten a James White game once to twice to maybe three times all season long, but it's still a relatively tough matchup as a big touchdown underdog with no passing game usage. Tough to get there, and it doesn't project out that nicely. Now you have Cam Akers. There's a lot to unpack here with Cam Akers, but let's do it. Let's unpack his backpack, sit down, relax, relax around the campfire with me, and let me tell you a little campfire story about Mr. Cam Akers. He's banged up. He had a limited practice Tuesday, but then he practiced on Wednesday. They said he's going to be good to go, right? He's going to have a positive 22% matchup against the Patriots run defense. That has not been good. Number 23 overall so far this year. In week 
13 was the Cam Akers breakout show. He had 22 total touches, 94 yards and a touchdown, scored 16.4 fantasy points, nine red zone touches because he kept getting stuffed at like the one yard line. And he ran a season high 25 routes. This is now back to back weeks of at least 14 fantasy points for Cam Akers as every single week, basically for the past month, his usage has increased. But, 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 and this is a big old booty. We have to wait up here because Daryl Henderson left that game in the last game. He got hurt. Daryl Henderson played a season low in snaps this year when he only registered 19% of the snaps after being right around a 50 to 60% snap guy and really lately in the 40% all season long. So he got hurt. He played like half the snaps that he usually does, which led the way for Cam Akers to get all those red zone touches, which led the way for him to just get all these touches in general. And Cam Akers was good on his touches. He averaged over four yards per touch, right? He was active in the passing game as well. But I do think now that Daryl Henderson is going to be healthy, you're not going to see this 20 plus touch upside, at least this specific week. Now, maybe it does completely switch over to it, but I don't think you're going to get that because we haven't seen it all year long when all these running backs are healthy. So I do think that Cam Akers is artificially inflated. Like Cam Akers should probably be, and so should Daryl Henderson. All these running backs for the Rams should be like five to six K options based on how every time that they're healthy, they're all just splitting 10 touches a piece. And then it comes down to who scores the touchdown. So although it was nice to see what Cam Akers roll, a full on workhorse back in the passing game, 25 routes, right? Over 20 total touches, the touchdown. It was nice to see that if we're going to get a fully healthy Henderson in this game, I think it's going to cut into that. I don't think Cam Akers is going to sustain this type of production and snapshot like you saw in the last game. So right now, early on for me, I do think that he's going to pick up ownership. I'm going to say no to Cam Akers. For what it's worth, I would prefer Cam Akers to Damian Harris on both DraftKings and also on SuperDraft. He has a nice multiplier that's presenting sponsor of the show. My name, Sound, get you that deposit bonus. Go win some dollar whiskeys, take advantage of not as many people being over there. But he has a 2.05x multiplier to Damian Harris is 1.7. It's not even close on SuperDraft. I much prefer Cam Akers. Now you get to Daryl Henderson, who's also priced up, but cheaper than Cam Akers. And I think that they'll probably be more times than not in this situation, closer to a split in their total touches, maybe 10, 12 apiece, rather than Daryl Henderson getting like five, like last week when he was hurt, and then Cam Akers getting 20 plus. So he did get hurt in week 13. He had a season low three attempts on 19% of the snaps. Normally he ran his his 10 routes, like he's been running like 10 to 12 routes. But look, he only had five total touches with two in the passing game, and he still had a big play. So he had 74 yards and a touchdown to keep himself in play. So this is the thing. Like these guys, I much rather not get to them. There's a chance that one of these guys could pop off, but if you're only building a few lineups, I don't want to get to this range. And it's very interesting because we have these wide receivers and quarterbacks at 9K and above that I like. Then in the eight and seven K range, it's just littered with these gross running backs who are arguably two to $3,000 overpriced at this point for some of them. And then very quickly, we hop to the 6K range. So it's a big price drop if you don't want to play those running backs. Again, if I had to pick one of these running backs to choose from, it would be Cam Akers. And I think that the ownership on all of them is going to be relatively low. Akers probably propped up the most based on his last week's performance. But he's also battling an injury. None of these guys have been building a couple lineups stand out all that much. Next, we get to Mr. Jacoby Myers, who is going to stand out to me in a nice way. He has a positive 4% matchup against Troy Hill, who had his first, I believe, touchdown ever Troy Hill last week on a pick six. Hill allows 1.07 yards per cover out. You're getting Jacoby Myers to see 6.6 targets per game, 39% slot usage, a lot of air yards so far this season, a 25% target share. But lately he's been up and down so far. He's been hot and cold, but he does have six targets in back-to-back games very quietly. He's top eight in the NFL in yards per route run. At $6,800, Jacoby Myers is appropriately priced, maybe even underpriced based on how some of these running backs are priced so far. I'm going to have interest, yes, in Jacoby Myers to this point. I don't think it's a great matchup by any means. The team total is not great, but they'll be playing from behind. I'm suspecting somewhere between five and seven targets in this game. We'll take that at this price point. Next up, you get to James White, who's kind of been atrocious. He had no attempts in week 13. Obviously, they went 45 nothing. That's not a James White game, really, but not even any rushing attempts. It's kind of alarming. Just four targets and a negative game flow. Makes sense. You don't think that you're going to see 10 targets as of a pass catching running back in a game where they don't need to really pass it to the running backs and more so pound it on the ground with Sony Michelle and Damian Harris. But now, James White only has one game so far above five targets since week six. He's very touchdown dependent at this point, but they are supposed to be trailing in this game, at least based on the Vegas odds. So this could be a seven target James White game. Catches five of those 
150 yards. Now you're in business, not even counting in touchdown upside or carries on the ground. I don't have overwhelming interest in him at this point because we haven't really seen even in these game flows, elite performances from him outside of maybe one game, but I will have some interest to keep him in a player pool. Next up is Mr. Josh Reynolds who has a negative 18% matchup against JC Jackson. Tough spot here who allows only a 51% catch rate. Reynolds is averaging five targets per game, a 14% target share so far this season and playing just around 20% of his snaps out of the slot this year. Now he has five plus targets from week six to week 12. And then last week it all kind of fell off a cliff. He only saw one target caught it for 21 yards. At $5,600, he's appropriately too slightly overpriced. I think you get somewhere right, right back around as long as he's healthy for this one around the four target range, a peek behind the current. If you're following along on Patreon, I haven't projected for around seven, seven and a half fantasy points. So I have some interest here. Doesn't really stand out all that much on super draft though. Let's now get into Tyler Higby, who is going to be egregiously overpriced here as well. And he's only $5,000. So it's like, what do you mean he's overpriced? Well, he's touchdown dependent, of course. So I guess it's fairly priced if he scores a touchdown. He'll have a neutral matchup for the linebacker Duggar for the New England Patriots, who allows a 76% catch rate so far this year. Now you're getting four targets per game for Mr. Tyler Higby and 11% share. That's not great. 12% slot usage. That's very meh for a tight end, right? Not that great. Not that advantageous for uh, taking advantage of your best matchups, but only two games over five targets this season. And last week when he scores a touchdown, it was his first red zone target since week four. So that's not great. He's not getting all that much usage to this point. He is very touchdown dependent, but there's not that many other great options. Tyler Higby is very close to a no for me. I wouldn't be shocked if I didn't get that much of him later today in my 150s and this change from a maybe to a no. We'll keep him as a maybe because all these guys in his range, very similar to James White and also Josh Reynolds are more expensive than him. And they also might be touchdown dependent tonight, uh, more so James White than Josh Reynolds. But Tyler Higby, he'll stay in play for me. Not that interested, especially on Superdraft, nowhere near interested, but not as interested in getting to him though. Sony Michelle is $4,800 in another case of running backs being egregiously overpriced. Look, week 13 was his first action in like 10 weeks. He saw 10 attempts, very good to see. And even a reception, 58 total yards. Sony Michelle looked decent, but a lot of his run was late in that game when they were up by five scores, when they were up by six scores, right? A lot of his run came late in that game. It's going to be the Damian Harris backfield. Maybe you see in this type of a game, especially when they're trailing. So it's not a Sony Michelle game script. Maybe you see like 12 to 14 Damian Harris touches and like five Sony Michelle touches at best. So basically saw a lot of garbage time work on 28% of his snaps. I'm not going to have interest in Sony Michelle. Honestly, there's a case to be made that, I mean, if Damian Harris is healthy and active, that Sony Michelle shouldn't even be above like 3,500 or $3,000 and he's almost pushing 5k. Now you get to some of these defenses that are appropriately priced in my opinion. The Rams ranked number three overall in total defense. Maybe you get a little bit of an advantage here, actually. They're 11th overall in run defense. They are top five right now in pass rush and coverage and also top 10 in tackling. A very nice unit. They're going to be six point favorites. Camden has not been all that great with not great weapons. The Patriots are turning the ball over a decent amount and more than you would expect this year. So they're going to remain in play. Both the defense basically in play for me at this point. The Patriots, we can talk about. They're not as good right now. They're very good in tackling, number one unit. But they're bottom third in the league in pass rush run defense. They're right around average, but likely better than that based on the fact that Gilmore is out in coverage. So they're both in play. Let's scroll down now as we finish up some of these cheap options. And yes, yeah, you want you want to stick around for this because there are some good cheap options and potentially very good cheap options. I'll let you know again, hit that like and subscribe. We'll be live at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time tonight, half hour than usual because got some stuff to do a little bit later on after that on Thursday night here. But appreciate you all being here to this point. I'm trying to reach 35,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So if you can hit that like and subscribe, it really does go a long way. And if you are listening on the podcast version or if you want to go over the podcast version and help brother out, it takes 30 seconds of your time. If you have a phone right by you, I know every single one of you probably has a phone right attached to your hip at this point. It's another limb for most people. The style that you show in the Apple Store or on Stitcher, if it's an Android device, you can use Stitcher, Apple phone, iPhone, you could use the Apple Store. You leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps bolster up this show. We're right, right now around the top 30s. The more reviews that come out, the higher up that the charts rank us and the more chance we get seen by other people. We have over 550 reviews. So I thank all of you who have already done that. And if you leave a review, you'll get entered into a chance for a $50 weekly raffle for the people who left the review that week. So thank you so much in advance. And Tom takes 30 seconds. So if you want to pay it back some way, pay it forward, I really do appreciate that. So we get to the kickers. They're both in play for me. I would prefer more so Matt Gay in this one as he's going to have a much higher team total and he projects out for over a point more, 
which is kind of rare, maybe not rare, but uncommon for a kicker to project much better than the other kicker, Nick Folk, in this game. But there's not much to say here. It's a lower total game. So you arguably could get to two kickers, but since there's some nice value plays below them, I don't want to be getting to two kickers. I rarely ever do. I'll probably set a rule to get at most one kicker, but I'm fine getting zero. Honestly, I prefer probably getting zero kickers more times than not in my lineups, but if I get to some, that's fine. Now we get to some decent value. Gerald Everett's $3,400, and he's been pretty good as of late. He's averaging four targets per game, 9% slot usage, 18 routes run per game. I mean, as a backup tight end, and he's on the field in two tight end sets a decent amount, that is good to see. In week 13, seven targets, second most he's seen this year, the most he's seen with Tyler Higby healthy, six catches, 44 yards. That's a double digit fantasy point performance for a man averaging over seven fantasy points per week. He now has at least two receptions or more in every game since week five, and he sees some consistent target share as well. So for me, Gerald Everett will remain in play. He's not a fantastic slam dunk of a play, but he is going to remain in play. Next up is Mr. Van Jefferson, who I think that there was maybe some nicked up injuries to Josh Reynolds. Van Jefferson also just got on the field a little bit more. This is now back-to-back games where he's been playing better, right? Touchdown. And then this last game actually saw some usage. He's only be seeing six targets per game on a 6% share, 21% slot usage. But in week 13, he saw some season highs, season high five targets, four receptions, 27 total yards. He ran a season high 22 routes versus Arizona. And this is very interesting because you're seeing Cooper Cup come off the field at times a little bit more and Van Jefferson going on. Early on right now, I'm not going to be projecting this man to continue this like five plus target role, right? I'm going to be projecting him closer to his season averages around two or three, maybe bump it closer to three based on recent performance. So I'm not going to have as much interest in him, especially related to some other guys down here. So I'll put him as a no from now. Malcolm Brown with Darren Henderson coming back, even without Henderson, they didn't give Brown more touches. That's kind of concerning last week. Only 12 total attempts over the last three games and a season low eight routes run in week 13, even with Henderson hurt. They gave all that usage to Mr. Cam Akers. He saw a season low 15% snaps last week. It seems like Akers is pushing out Brown a little bit here. And we got that confirmation last week. If it was just Akers and Brown backfield, they want to give it more so to the rookie Akers that they took early on in the draft in the second round. So Brown for me right now, I want to be shocked to see him get like 10 touches. He sees some red zone touches, goal line work in this game. I'm just not going to get there because we get to some of these Patriots receivers who have brutal matchups, who have a quarterback that has not been passing for all that much volume and yardage. But in this game, if they are going to play from behind, Nikhil Harry and Demir Bird, I was shocked to see that these guys are this cheap, below $2,000 and Demir Bird being below $1,000. Now, maybe by the time you're watching this, they change this on DraftKings, but I highly doubt it. Nikhil Harry, look, he's got a terrible matchup. Probably see a lot of Jalen Ramsey. There's a chance that Nikhil Harry puts up a goose egg, right? A bust of a prospect right now, coming on a little bit the past couple of weeks, a second year player drafted in the first round by the Patriots. Ramsey's allowing just 0.51 yards per cover, one of the best numbers in the league. You're getting Nikhil Harry averaging about five targets per game, playing 35% of his snaps out of the slot. So he'll be able to avoid Ramsey at some points in this game. Only five yards per target though. This is the problem with Nikhil Harry. Now he's cheap enough, so it doesn't matter as much on this slate, but he's not getting targeted downfield. When he's being targeted, he has no yards after the catch ability and he's number 109th in terms of how deep his targets are going downfield. So there's no big play upside for Nikhil Harry outside of some red zone touchdowns. Just 94 yards after the catch, it's really difficult for him to get these big play upside unless he's getting a lot of volume, which he's not, or touchdowns, which I mean, at this point, he's not. So Nikhil Harry is going to be in play for me. I'm going to put him as a yes. And when I put this guy as a yes, it does not mean jam him into all of your lineups. It just means that he's below $2,000 projecting out similar or better than these kickers. And he has the upside to obviously score a lot more if he scores a touchdown or maybe even two potentially in this game. So I'm going to have him in play because this guy's going to run 20 plus routes in this game. And that's going to be hard to ignore. Ryan Izzo, the Patriots tight end, not something I really want to get to. He'll have a nice matchup against Kenny Young, but he only sees two targets per game. Gets nice slot usage, 24%. Uh, only five targets over his last three games at this point, barely averaging three fantasy points per game. Even if he got you like three fantasy points in this game, which would be above my projection, I don't think it'll matter. No interest. And then last but not least, a guy that I do have interest in, a guy that right now, if you take all the players that are basically below $5,000 outside of Sony Michelle's small sample, Demir Bird is the highest fantasy point per game player, but for some reason, he's all the way down here. Now, maybe I'm just missing some sort of an injury and this guy's not going to play. I don't see anything in the headlines right now, but for some reason, Demir Bird, who is arguably the number one receiver, 1A, 1B with Jacoby Myers on 
this Patriots team in a game script where they're going to have to pass probably more than the average of Cam's 26 attempts per game, maybe into the 30 to 35 attempts this game. I mean, he's coming off of a game where he played 85% of the snaps and ran 26 routes in that last game. From week 10 to week 12, he saw 23 total targets, right? So there's a lot of usage for a guy who's averaging over 30 routes run per game. He's averaging, doesn't seem great, but 47 yards per game for a player at this price point. Yeah, he's going to be highly owned, expected, but it's still a nice spot. He'll have a tough matchup against Williams, but still fine for me. Doesn't get much slot usage, all outside usage and downfield targets are his forte so far this year. So very shocked to see Demir Bird down here. He's also going to be a yes. I would prefer Demir Bird, not only for the price discount of $1,000, but also just pure projection wise. I haven't projected higher than Nikhil Harry. Both of them though are projected decent enough with their price tags that they will remain in a player pool for me. So that's where I'm at right now on this Thursday night football showdown slate with a bunch of dollar whiskeys up top for first place. Get in on Superdraft, join the fun, join the profiting, join the ROI, get in on right now Patreon, get into the Discord, join the community, talk there and get all the analysis and tools to prepare you to go to war and smack your opponents around a little bit as well. If you made it this far, I greatly, greatly appreciate you. Hit that like and subscribe button and join us by hitting the notification bell so you can figure out when we go live at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time. If you're not going to remember that in your brain, you probably won't. A lot of things going on for you today, but I appreciate you all in advance. Check out the merch store. We just added a bunch of merch. I spent a lot of time on the designs and things like that, loading it up. So be sure to check it out. See if you like something in there. Get yourself a nice little holiday gift for yourself or your family member or your family member. Get it for you. Whatever it has to do, Santa Sal just loaded up the store for all of you. Thank you so much, everybody. I'll see you later on tonight for the live show at 5.30 p.m. East Coast time. Have a great rest of your day and see you then.